Hi, my name is Gavin Carlson, and this is Out of Bounds, Daily Bruins Sports Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Out of Bounds, the official sports podcast of the Daily Bruin. I am your host for today, a first-time host, Gavin Carlson, a third-year sports writer here at the Daily Bruin. And to the left of me is the regular host. You may recognize that it's not him today on the mic to start things, but don't you worry. He is right here next to me, the one and only sports senior staff writer for the Daily Bruin and usual host of this podcast, Mr. John Christen. How are you doing today, sir? Good. Big shoes to fill, Gavin. Big, big shoes. Um, Succession fans will get that, but um, happy to be here. Excited to usher in the new era of Out of Bounds, um, you know, when I'm good and graduated in June. I do not watch Succession, but um, I hope some people do because otherwise that made no sense. But great start to this podcast. In addition to John, I have two much better guests here in the room with me at Kirkhoff Hall on UCLA's beautiful campus on this Monday afternoon. First and foremost, I'm going to introduce the assistant sports editor and editor for the softball beat, the one and only Jack Nelson. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, Gavin. It is an absolute pleasure to be on the very first Gavin Carlson hosted Out of Bounds Sports Podcast. I appreciate that. I'm really excited to be here. And in addition to Jack, we have another sports senior staff writer and a contributor on the softball beat, the one and only Matthew Royer. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, Gavin. I have to echo Jack's uh, uh, sentiment. Uh, truly grateful to be on the first Gavin Carlson Out of Bounds. And I have to mention, it is Matthew's first ever appearance on Out of Bounds. So we've had his brother on here, Ben, but I think he's going to do a lot better. So I'm excited to see that. All right. If you can't tell, based on our guests, this is a softball-themed podcast today. The Bruins are coming off their first appearance in the first ever Pac-12 softball tournament. They were the number one seed, but unfortunately they could not get the job done in the championship game, losing to third-seeded Utah. Uh, Jack was there in Tucson to cover the entire tournament. So, Jack, what were your takeaways? How was the experience? And obviously, how did the Bruins look throughout the weekend? Yeah, so they opened things off uh, with a much tighter game than people anticipated against uh, number eight seed Arizona. Uh, they ended up winning that 4-3. They were down uh, late in that game and ultimately pulled through for a win. Uh, and then it was a very similar story uh, in the semifinal against the number four seed, Stanford, which is a team they also played very close in the regular season. Uh, those are two of the top pitching staffs really in the country going at it there. Uh, particularly with Stanford, they have uh, Najari Kennedy, who is the uh, nation's leader in ERA. It's like 0.52 last time I checked, I think, going into the Pac-12 tournament. And so that's the first time they'd ever faced her, and she was dominant that entire game. For some reason, Coach Jessica Allister for Stanford decided to pull Najari in the sixth inning when she already had allowed zero runs at that point and really was controlling the game. Uh, and usually ended up capitalizing on that, ended up winning one nothing, and that earned them a spot in the championship. Uh, where, as you mentioned, they fell to number three seed Utah. Interestingly enough, a team they actually swept uh, in their final regular season series. Uh, and Utah ended up just really figuring out their pitching quite easily in that game. They figured out Megan Framo and Brooke Yanez, uh very quickly and really just pulled away late in that game with a home run from actually a player who had never hit a home run that entire season. Uh, actually was from Tucson, interestingly enough, um, and ultimately left UCLA walking off the field in sadness. Yeah, it was a surprising end to the tournament. I mean, you know, it's the first ever Pac-12 softball tournament. UCLA has been the best team in the Pac-12 all season. Um, it's really been their conference for the last handful of years. Um, so it was kind of disappointing to not see them walk away with the first ever Pac-12 softball tournament championship. 
Um, like you said, it was surprising to see them lose that game based on their previous success against Utah and the fact that both Faremo and Yanez are on the mound. Um, but I want to ask both of you this question after that championship loss. You know, sometimes fans, media outlets, whoever you want to say, they question if a team needs sort of a wake-up call loss going into a postseason run in order to sort of lower expectations or calm down egos or whatnot. And so I'll ask Matthew first, do you feel like the Bruins needed this loss in the championship game against Utah in order to sort of have a wake-up call, come back down to earth, and, and really focus heading into the NCAA tournament? I will say, despite like this this big winning streak that they came into with this tournament, the Bruins kind of have had these moments uh, where they were, weren't really playing their best softball. If you look back in March, uh, they had a, a series of losses. Uh, you know, they, they lost to Cal, they lost to Washington, they lost to Oregon. Uh, losing for the Bruins this season, despite you know only having now five losses on the season. It's not like Oklahoma, where they only lost that once at the beginning of the season. So it, it's not a new thing for this Bruins team. However, I think even Coach I will tell you uh, that losing helps, you know, at least the team regroup. Um, I feel that even towards the end of the regular season, uh, with that doubleheader against LMU and San Diego State, the Bruins struggled uh, quite quite a bit, at least against San Diego State. And they needed that Aaliyah Jordan, a walk-off home run, to really take that game. So I wouldn't really say it's, you know, needed per se, but it's more of something that can't really hurt a team to face a little adversity, at least heading into a national tournament. Jack, what about you? So I'll actually, I'll get things started off talking about how we've been kind of beating around the bush a little bit here. So UCLA had gone into the Pac-12 championship winning 25 games in a row, and that was the country's second longest winning streak only to Oklahoma, which had won an inhuman 43 games in a row. They still have that winning streak going on right now, in fact. Um, and so... I think, I mean, obviously there's the notion that when a team has a big winning streak like that, a loss can really only help them relieve the pressure of something like that. But just because we know the cream of the crop, we know who UCLA will be competing against for a national title by the end of the season, I think a winning, like keeping that winning streak going could really only help them. I mean, I think in this championship, it really helped them reveal some of their flaws, though. I will say that, especially with the way that Utah just took my Brady out of the equation. They walked her three times, once intentional. She did get a single, but they just pitched around all game and by taking basically her out of the equation by reducing UCLA's offensive firepower from that standpoint I mean for context my Brady is the Pac-12 player of the year a finalist for national player of the year along with Megan Faramo um it really just showed you that without Maya's you know, firepower, without her contribution to this offense there is certainly a hole to be filled there um and I think that if you know future teams are able to do something similar we're kind of quiet her a little bit that may release some more problems for UCLA down the road. So I think this loss certainly helps show them some of the flaws they have going forward. Um, and But ultimately, I think just continuing to win going into the postseason is what you want. So, yeah. I, I will say, like, with Maya in that game, it wasn't that they really took her out of the equation. They just kind of pitched around her. Uh, you know, like, Maya walked, what, three times out of her four plate appearances that game? Like, they just decided they weren't going to pitch to Maya Brady, which honestly may be a strategy. You think of like in baseball, the Barry Bonds method. You know, I don't want to really compare Maya Brady to Barry Bonds because Barry Bonds might be the greatest baseball hitter of all time. But, you know. Wait, who's to say Maya Brady is not the greatest softball hitter of all time? Well, you know, that th you could you could take that into consideration. Uh, but 
if you take my out of the equation from that method, you really have to rely on the rest of the Bruin bats, as you were saying. And when a team can do that, uh, you know, just by pitching around a player, the Bruins really will have to readjust heading into tournament play. Yeah, I agree. I think it's always interesting to see what sort of takeaways you can take from a loss, like you were saying, Jack, having been on such a large winning streak coming into this game. Um, sometimes the wins hide flaws, and that, maybe that was the case for the Bruins. Um, just for some context, I did cover this team the past two years, not this year. And one thing that always stood out to me was how from game one of the season against the Pepperdine or a team like that to the last game of the regular, regular season, Coach I has always made it about we're preparing for one thing and one thing only. The expectations at UCLA for the softball program are to win a national championship. So whether we lose 15 nothing in a five-inning mercy rule or we win one nothing in a full game, Every game is about preparing for one thing and one thing only. And so whether or not they needed the loss or not, I guess that's just up to the team to decide. But it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back in the L.A. Regional. And this is a good way to transition into that. Um, the softball bracket is out for the NCAA tournament. And so as they've done for many, many years prior to this one, UCLA will be hosting the L.A. Regionals. Um, their first game will be on Friday, May 19th against Grand Canyon. So we'll start with Jack if you want to. Give us sort of a preview for that game, what to expect. And then after that, on Saturday, they'll be playing Liberty or San Diego State. So let's have a little preview of, of this opening weekend of the LA Regional. Yeah, absolutely. I'll get started with Grand Canyon. Uh, this is the one team in their regional field that they actually don't have history with this season. It's a team they did play last year in the regionals. They beat 12-1 very handily. I don't think UCLA fans should be concerned about that one. Uh, maybe some concern with San Diego State and Liberty, though. Those are two teams they have already played this season. Uh, both teams, they actually just beat by one run. Um, and I believe John was actually there for the San Diego State game, so he can <laughs> talk about that if he wants to. Um, but yeah, I think these these are two teams that obviously have played UCLA close this season. On paper, UCLA should beat them very handily. I mean, UCLA has made the world the Women's College World Series, what, seven, eight years in a row at this point? So frankly, I don't think UCLA fans should be concerned about Liberty or San Diego State. I think UCLA will probably be able to use some good information from those previous uh, narrow wins to help you know help them prepare better for these kind of postseason environments. And obviously, UCLA has proven in the postseason time and time again they're just simply one of the most clutch, most consistent teams, and you do not want to face them at East in this time of year. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't think much else needs to be said about the LA Regional, like you said. It's kind of regular order for UCLA to make it through that LA Regional and get to Super Regionals. So we can look ahead to Super Regionals where the potential opponents for UCLA that next weekend are Utah, Southern Illinois, Baylor, and Ole Miss. Obviously, very recent history for the Bruins against Utah, having lost to them in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, but we'll start with Matthew there. Is there any team other than Utah that stands out to you as a potential threat to the Bruins in the Super Regional, or is it really just... Let's see if UCLA matches up with Utah and let's see if they can get revenge. I mean, I'll start with Utah here. Uh, the, the one thing I really want to note about Utah is that if both teams do move on to the Supers, uh, Utah's coming to Westwood. Uh, so UCLA will have that Easton Stadium advantage. Um, and as I think we all know, um, UCLA softball rarely loses at Easton. This season, they've only, you know, lost one game. They were 21 and 1 at Easton and through the past I mean UCLA plays the regionals and supers at Easton Stadium so looking at you know when they went to Utah and they swept them in Utah I can imagine the same thing happening again if Utah came to Westwood uh, I would like to look at that one game in the tournament as an outlier 
pitching wasn't really the strong point for that UCLA team, and the offense didn't come through as it usually does. So I think the UCLA softball uh, roster really might even want Utah as that Supers matchup to really show them what they're really capable of. Uh, and then looking at, you know, the other teams, and I would really only really like to focus on Baylor. Baylor beat Oklahoma, the only lost Oklahoma has faced all year. I will also mention that UCLA will face Liberty most likely, as it's a possibility in the regional. Liberty went to eight innings, extra innings, uh, against Oklahoma for its first game of the season. Oklahoma only won one nothing. Liberty held them to five hits. So Liberty's no slouch either. We, I, I would say look out for Liberty in that regional. But Baylor in that Supers, uh, I personally think Baylor is going to advance to the Super Regionals. I don't think Utah really has what it takes to make it towards the Super Regionals. Uh, I, I would honestly be a little bit surprised um, because I, I truly think that this that that tournament, they really needed the Pac-12 tournament. But I, I don't think that they have what it takes to make it very far in the national scene. And with that, we can jump into predictions now for the NCAA tournament. Um, and we'll get John back in for this portion of the episode because a lot of our loyal listeners, I'm sure they are clamoring to hear that beautiful John Christian voice back on the microphone. And we will certainly get that to you in a second. But we're going to do a little prediction now for the entire NCAA tournament. Uh, we'll start with Jack. Uh, he kind of hinted at there being no issues in the regional. Um, so we'll jump straight to the super regional for you. Do you think UCLA gets through? And if so, where do you see them ending in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, so I do think UCLA will make it through Super Regionals uh, fairly easily. I do think actually that Utah will make Super, so I do think we'll have a rematch there. Um, and yeah, Utah's proven themselves to be very successful this postseason so far. Obviously, beating UCLA in the Pac-12 championship is no easy feat considering how good this Bruins team has been this year. Um, and so just looking on to my actual prediction here with the World Series, I do think that UCLA will reach uh, the finals of the Women's College World Series, and I do think that... They're going to lose the very team that has continued to dominate the sport for really as long as I can remember, as long as I've been at UCLA, and that has been Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is the back-to-back -back national champion. So UCLA has lost to Oklahoma to end its past two seasons uh, in the NCAA tournament, and I do think, once again, it will end with Oklahoma in the opposite dugout. And Oklahoma, as I said, has just simply dominated the sport. Uh, UCLA has frankly been owned by them recently. I mean, used, Oklahoma beat them... 15-0 last year to end their season, and 4-0 earlier this year when they met in Cathedral City in the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic, which was a matchup of the top two teams in you know college softball, and you know, they still have those top two rankings. Uh, but Oklahoma, simply nobody's going to beat that team. Uh, they're 51-1, their only loss, as Matthew mentioned, uh, coming to Baylor. Uh, and like I said earlier, they, they're on an unreal winning streak right now. Uh, this team is incredibly well coached, uh, simply just loaded up and down the roster. Uh, they have two of the top pitchers in the country, and I simply cannot see the UCLA team finding a way to actually finally beat Oklahoma. But I do think they will get back to the finals for the first time since 2019. What about you, Matthew? Do you have a different stance, or do you think it's the Oklahoma year once again? I do agree with Jack that uh, UCLA makes it past regionals and supers. Uh, I think they'll do it pretty handedly, too. Um, UCLA, when it comes to NCAA tournament, never seems to struggle. Um, but when it comes to the College World Series, I do have doubts that this Bruins team can take it all. And I do also agree that they will lose to the Sooners in the national championship. I think this year really is a top two year uh, for college softball. Um, UCLA and Oklahoma, I think ever since those first tournaments of the season, really have shown that they are the two standout programs. You had little little showings from Florida State, 
from Oklahoma State, um, from Stanford, from Washington, really showing that they could be up there um, when it comes to uh, the top programs in the country. But I do think it'll be uh, UCLA and Oklahoma uh, in the final. But uh, I think it'll be similar to the outcome we saw earlier this season, probably even a run rule. Uh, that Oklahoma lineup is just too strong, I think, for UCLA's pitching, especially with the weaknesses they've shown recently. Uh, you can't just rely on Farimo and Yanez, um, and I don't think Shaw or Tinsley are ready to take that step uh, and, and show that they can step in in a, in a big stage. Um, I know Shaw's been in college softball a while, but that Oklahoma lineup, it's, it's just too much, uh, and I think that Oklahoma will three-peat. I'll just jump in real quick and say I agree. I know it's the easy prediction, um, but I do think they'll, you know, like you guys both said, they'll make it all the way and, and lose to the team that continues to beat them. Um, let's get John's voice back in here since we're almost, what, 20 minutes in without hearing that beautiful voice that everyone is here to hear. So, John, do you have any different ideas, any different thoughts, or do you have them losing in the final to Oklahoma as well? Let's say national championship for, for UCLA. I bet on players, Maya Brady, Megan Faremo. What would be better than that? Uh, you know, two two program legends, two all time UCLA athletics legends. Why not? Why not? A rare homer pick from John Christen. I like that. We don't normally get that from him. Um, but real quick, I want to jump in and ask Jack and Matthew a quick question. If UCLA were to finally upset Oklahoma, finally get over the hump, what will have changed? What will have made this upset possible? Will it be just a star performance for Megan Faremo and Maya Brady? Or will it be something else? We'll go quick rapid fire, Jack first. If UCLA wins, why? I think it'll be because their offense really just explodes. I mean, their UCLA's pitchers will not find a way to quiet Oklahoma offense. It's going to come down to an offensive, just heavyweight battle. And I think UCLA will have to tug it and have to win it out there. Matthew? Uh, I agree with Jack. It has to come from the offense. But uh, I got uh, two names for you. It's Jordan Woolery and Megan Grant. You even saw it in that uh, Utah Conference championship game. They uh, accounted for almost half of the hits of UCLA's offense in that game. Uh, in the tournament, it'll really rely on them in that lineup. And uh, they really need to show up against Oklahoma if UCLA has a chance of winning that championship. All right, there we go. Well, that's our softball episode. You could say our preview of the NCAA tournament, our recap of the first ever Pac-12 softball tournament. Once again, I want to say thank you to our wonderful guests, Jack and Matthew. Jack, Matthew, thanks so much. And to our usual host, who gave me the wonderful honor of hosting this podcast, thank you so much, Mr. John Christen. Thank you, Gavin, for hosting. You did a great job. Big things ahead for Out of Bounds. I appreciate that, John. Looking forward to your final podcast when you say your farewells. Um, but that's all for this episode. Out of Bounds is brought to you by The Daily Bruin, UCLA student newspaper. You can listen to this show and others by The Daily Bruin on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And a transcript for this show is available at dailybruin.com. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.